0: friends. Hello, Mike here. And as promised, what you find in your feeds this morning, afternoon, evening, time zone dependent is the second episode of our float city arc lightly remastered to bring it gently into the standards of the year 2022. If you find yourself listening to these episodes and wondering how you can play your very own game of still fleet, well, heck you would just head on over to stillfleet.com or better yet, patreon.com forward slash still fleet and get yourself up to date with the current and most recent rules modules and what have you. And if you find yourself at the end of this second remastered episode, wanting to hear the rest of this arc, head to funcity.ventures or wherever pods are cast and find the rest of Beta, Mercus, Remy, and Venus's adventures in the feed archives. And of course, we would not complain if you wanted to use this as an opportunity to tell your pals about the show and how much you love it. So, on that note, hope you have a great day, a great week, a great month, and we'll see you in July with new Fun City episodes. Mike out. <coughs>
1: In the far future, faster-than-light travel is possible via portals called Stiffworks. Human and alien civilizations travel this way for millennia. Trade, war, and technology proliferate. Countless societies rise, thrive, fall, and vanish. Eventually, almost everyone forgets the secrets of the Stiffworks. Almost. 300 years ago, the worshipful company of fleeters is formed on Spindle, a space station of unknown origin. They send fleeters into the void using stiffworks in search of profit. It is 100 million years in the future. Welcome to Float City.
0: Previously on Float City, Beta, Mercus, Remy, and Venus are sent to Rigamont B, one of the two rocks that make up the Lovers, a pair of planets ruled by a mysterious and powerful trade lord known as the Saffron Anox. On Rigamont B, the team visits the estate of Bas Anveder Asa Toravolt Lerer, a commandant of galactic renown nearing her final days, who has decided to return her war spoils to their rightful stewards. The team's refactor Algar, instructs them to retrieve the vascular multi-object and to also grab whatever else they can along the way. The team procures the multi-object, but in the process they also set free a number of the Anverder's prisoners, including an ancient intelligent war machine named Nearer the Sun Than is Advisable, a murderous Void Elf, a terrifying dimension-traversing Illithnari, and a friendly Harajun named Oat. Beta, pilots and then pockets Nearer the Sun the team befriends Oat and watches the freed Ilithnari and the Anverter battle. Both of them die, much to the Void Elf's amusement. Saddled now with more valuable goods, mysterious alien technology, and Archaea tech than they have ever seen, the team prepares to head back to town, where they'll tack to spin and file their report.
2: Before we go anywhere, just like assessing the situation and knowing we're in somewhat of a safe space, Beta would probably take account of everyone's health since she's kind of uh the team healer medic therapist. Um, who's who's in the worst health? I vote Remy.
3: <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, I have a feeling I, I... Remy.
4: I have twenty out of twenty-two health. He's like oh. fine. He just feels sick. If you have something oh, for I nausea, see. though, if you got anything, he like he looks visibly sort have? of like nauseous. So if you have any like space drama, mean that would be tight. Um. <laughs>
2: Let's see what I have. I have anti-inflammatory pill-like bugs. They're called uh, sunshadow aphids. Um, aphids. Aphids. I don't know what an aphid
4: is. Um. It's a, a pest, in fact.
2: Oh, into, uh, well, uh, hello. Um, <laughs> she's, uh, like, she's looking right over Oates. Uh, hello,
5: I, <laughs> I, 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 Oat walks down a set of like little stairs out at the front door of the estate, and every time his knees bend, they go, pop, <laughs> Sounds like he's, <laughs> he's stepping on little balloons. Uh, I, you know, I'm doing all right over here, but uh, yeah, if, if somebody's not going to eat those sunshadow aphids, I would not say a no to one. My joints <laughs> feel like they are made of very thin glass. Uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems like you've maybe had a day. (laughs) I've had a lot of days? (laughs) Or maybe not (laughs) enough days. You've had one long day that
5: kind of sped by. Sped by. Yeah, you can say that. Thank you so much for this. Karush. Yeah,
2: Yeah, you get a a D8 health per dose, uh, but you can only eat two per day before puking violently. (laughs) So I just gave you one.
5: Okay, great. Thank you.
2: Mercus is uh
6: looking at the zog uh, <laughs> and looking at the packs and then counting just like sure 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 sure. I think we have only four zogs here. Mr. Oat, would you like to share my zog?
5: I am honored to ride on this <laughs> creature with you.
6: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> huh. <laughs> and Mercus like hups, like leaning back on the bat on his uh third boot and like hoists up.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, you guys, uh, does everybody mount up on their zog and head out? Mm,
6: mm-hmm. Yep,
0: yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Do okay. I
5: do yeah. I ride behind you? Do you mind if, do I hold on to the saddle? Do, help me out here.
6: I like to navigate.
5: Oh, do you want me to hold the zog? I'll range? be in front. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, so you're driving and navigating. Aye, uh, aye, I, I, uh, Captain. <laughs> Beta gives
2: uh, NTS a little kiss and puts it in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, it's like it's like kissing a a dense, uh, very expertly chiseled rock.
2: Yes, she it's ki- she it's
0: likes kind of that. Warm. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little it's a little warm, but it doesn't react in any way. Remy hops up and immediately passes out. You ride your zogs back in the direction of the town that you arrived in. Um, it again is you know an hour and forty five minute two hour journey, so you have a little bit of time. Remy takes a nap. Anybody else want to do anything of note on the way? or you just want to sort of zone out and think about your your last 24 hours? I
6: mean, Marcus is just leaning forward and apologizing quietly to the Zog. I'm very, very sorry again. <laughs> I know there's two of us now. There's two of us now, and I know that's more
3: burdened. I'm very, very
6: sorry. Very, 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 very sorry.
1: <laughs> Mike, I want to know how much Venus would know about the es- Escher-esque blade. Is yeah, there something um, that's just completely mysterious to him and he wouldn't be very likely to use it without... Uh, some experimentation or is this somebody's like, oh, yes, a Inish- natural-esque blade. Wonderful.
0: It is, yeah, it's questionable whether or not you have ever held one before, but I mm-hmm. think because um, as a conscript and a tremulant, you uh, have a relationship with the archive that you would mm-hmm. know what it is. Okay. So you, yeah, and, you know, you saw, y- you saw it being used by the yep. Ilithnari twice. Um, so, y- yeah, even if you only knew about them by reputation, it is likely that at this point you're like, oh, that's one of those. That's an Escheresque blade. I know what that is. Okay. And um, So, yeah, okay. I would say, yeah. So you would know also probably roughly what it takes to use it, which is that right. this is a very physically draining object to use. Um, when you unfold it is is sort of what it's called. You're kind of expanding its dimensionality. Uh, mm-hmm. Like in the first episode, you know, we talked about how it unfolded from a bone into a talon. And that's yes. kind of like a metaphor. It's always occupying um, multiple dimensions at once. And when you quote unquote unfold it, you're asking it to focus on one dimension. And that right. is the dimension in which you then use it. And you know that that use is difficult and that it cre- it requires a lot of concentration. And in game terms, this means that it costs 1d20 grit to use. Whoa. Okay. And you ha- and you have to pass a reason check of 9. Wow. I see. Okay. Uh but when you use it, you then open up a portal directly into the Escheresque. <laughs> okay. And then that means I can come out <laughs> wherever I want? Uh it means that you uh can you it means that you enter into any point in the Escheresque. Once you are okay. in the Escheresque, you can use it again to open up a portal back into three space. Right. But you cannot use it to go directly from three space to three space or from a point in the Escheresque to another point in the Escheresque.
1: So if I want to get to the Escheresque and back, that's two D20s worth of grit.
0: And two. And two uh,
1: pass pass a nine reason check. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, cool. So he just um, respects the object in in his pocket
0: and (laughs) rides happily forth. (laughs) Nice. As you all continue riding um, over, uh, you know, over the flat brown vista of Rigamont B, as you get closer and closer to the town that you arrived in, you start to hear some sounds. It's dull at first it sounds like people like having a celebration or having a party Um, it sounds like a lot of people are very excited about something Um, and so you know you keep going and and you still you can kind of see the town on the horizon and when it starts to come into view you realize that they're not shouting in celebration they're shouting in terror and in pain (gasps) and you can see that the town is different in a lot of different ways first parts of it are on fire Mm -hmm. Uh, there are some of the small wood construction buildings that you walked by and that you were in earlier are just completely aflame you can see that there are these strange gray angular like you can't tell if they're rocks or buildings that are a little bit taller than most of the wood construction buildings that are there they're, they're new, they're like jutting up at these weird angles out of the ground and some of them it looks like have grown through some of the buildings. You get closer and closer and you see lots of other very strange structures. People are screaming Screaming. People are running around. And once you're sort of close up and within view uh, of the town, you can, you can sort of take everything in. You see that there are dead people on the ground. You can see that some of the villagers have just been killed. People are running around screaming. And a lot of them look different. Uh, and they look different in very strange and confusing ways. Some of them have um, hair for hands... Hmm. Um, Some of them, it looks like their heads are on upside down, so their chins are where their foreheads should be. Um, Some of them have extra arms. Um, You see one person who has just been turned into a a block of granite and uh, spinning around in the air, whipping back and forth, laughing maniacally, is the void elf that you freed.
6: Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh.
0: At the edge of town, you can see also there is this very tall and broad-shouldered person wearing a long golden robe, uh, and there's some bulky plate armor that is on top of their shoulders, and they're wearing a high kind of like crown or a tall hat that's also bright gold. You can see that the surface of these things are rippling in the wind, and they're pointing, and they're barking orders, and they're shouting at a small detachment of... Um, armed riders and marines that are also running around the town, riding on zogs, going back and forth, Um, They're wearing this, uh, like, sort of similar designed armor. It's it's like hard brass plate instead of uh, this, like, long robe kind of thing. They're firing guns. They're discharging laser pistols. And they're trying to do whatever they can to do something to stop the void elf from causing complete and utter mayhem.
6: On the way, Mercus had been uh, scribbling on the stylophone and was pretty much saying, And then I dragged her shoe outside. Whoa, ma'am, whoa, 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 ma'am, and pulling on the zog. Uh, Oh, do you see this?
0: As uh, as Murcus says this, the Void Elf sort of screeches to a halt mid-air, and it's in the weird battle armor that you saw it blink into existence in twice in the Onvader's estate. Uh, it's kind of like a mecha suit, except the bottom half of it is a is a black, spiny, almost flying saucer. It doesn't have legs, it's just a like a dish with a bunch of weapons on it, and it, it spins Careens to a halt mid air, like it's just caught you. It sees you, <sighs> flies over to you, and hovers directly in front of the group of you and says, "What up, Chuckle Fox?" And then throws another grenade at your feet, <laughs> uh, and then zooms off. <laughs> Everybody, please roll initiative. Oh, goodness. really, Chuckle Fox? Is that
2: what he said?
0: He said yes. Chuckle Fox. Chuckle Fox? <laughs>
6: <laughs> is this our first initiative?
4: Wait, initiative is just our movement, right? Initiative is just your movement, correct. Yeah. I, I was just like, oh Shadowrun, ah, oh, how many how many dice <laughs> do I have to add?
0: given uh, the fact that it seems as though Mercus was the first one to notice the destruction and the Void Elf. Uh, Mercus, you act first. The Void Elf has just thrown a grenade at your feet and you see probably like, I don't know, I think you're probably 15 or 20 meters away from the very edge of town and between you and that point is the uh, the person who is dressed in all gold and is barking orders at the Marines and the Marines are just out in the town somewhere various places around the town.
6: Mercus bobbles the stylophone and uh, you can just hear and uh, with some swiftness, he jumps off the zog, does a quick spin and each of his duck boots are actually club-like weapons and uh, (laughs) swings the tail duck boot uh, like a golf club trying to hit the grenade uh, behind, you know, where we just came from, like, away from us.
0: What's higher for you, combat or movement?
6: I think they're the same. Yeah, mine are just the same.
0: Uh, So, yeah, I would say roll whichever one you like. I guess roll roll whatever that amount is, and if you get a six or higher... No. No. Oh no.
6: Mercus got a four.
0: Mercus, you miss. Uh you take a take a swing back, you take a big wind up, but I don't know, you just you whiff it. Oh. <laughs> uh, you hear you hear the whoosh of a boot clearing air, but uh, the grenade is still <sighs> in the grass beeping lightly at you. Uh, it will go off in two rounds. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, and I will remind you it does two D twenty damage in a six meter radius. Okay. Right. Um, the Deva, who is the lieutenant in the gold cloak, the gold gown, is just going to roll uh, to basically command command their troops and they did not do well. Okay, the Deva Deva is pointing and saying to the troops like, detachment A, go around left to the back of the town and detachment B, go through the center and try to cut him off at the pass and go and try to do, you know, is like trying to basically explain like a pincer movement. But there's just, there is too much chaos. There's too much going on. In this moment, the void elf uh, just points, makes a very complicated hand gesture and points at a portion of the town and one of the buildings turns into, uh, none of you would know what this is. Actually, maybe Remy would. One of the buildings just turns into a CVS. (laughs) Yeah, I think this wakes him up. He's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) It's just, it's like a late, it's like a late 20th, early 21st century chain pharmacy. It's completely alien to you and everyone around it, but the Void Elf thinks it's very funny and starts laughing. Oat, it is your turn. At the end of your turn, uh, the grenade is going to go off.
5: Oat is going to leap off the Zog, sort of roll off the Zog, you know, because he's old (laughs) and his leg gets caught and he's up there with another person and he kind of rolls off the Zog, catches himself and just... Uh, in pure instinct runs, grabs the grenade, and is going to try and throw it far behind them back on the trail where no one is. And I am going to burn uh, three grit. I'm going to spend three grit. Uh, no, six. let Let's, let's yes. go, go pick or go home, right? Yes. It's a grenade. Yes. It's a grenade, yeah. You spent three on a grenade. You spent six on a grenade. So uh, basically,
0: you've guaranteed a success as long as you don't roll a one.
5: <laughs> uh, <laughs> And he's going, hot hands, hot hands, hot
0: hands.
5: (laughs) I rolled a nine. Eight more than the minimum, baby. (laughs) Yay.
0: Nice. Yeah. Oh, You you successfully toss that grenade far behind everybody. And uh, just as soon as it hits the ground, there's a loud pop and there's a small crater. But it's far enough away from everybody that nobody gets hurt. And you can hear the Void Elf in the distance go,
3: nice work, jerk. (laughs)
5: <laughs>
4: yeah, Remy's also very impressed. He's like, actually, nice work. Nice work.
5: Oh, thanks, yeah. Oat. Uh, I don't like this. I, uh, let's go. Let's get out of here.
0: The next people to act are the Marines. They are all going to roll at once just to see if they can get any shots at the Void Elf. Uh, this is going to be a big roll, so I apologize. <laughs> okay, some of them shoot themselves in the foot.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. One,
0: two, three. So one of them um, manages to get a shot off at the void elf, and you can hear uh, the the pistol, the laser pistol, charging up, and then fire, and then kind of like pierce the side of the flying armor that it's wearing. Um, and the void elf actually takes seven damage. Whoa! Wow. Uh, and then it looks at that Marine and says, your mother.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, 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 oh. What's this void house <laughs> name? I need to know a little bit.
0: It's na- you don't know its name, I but know, you, you but know, you but know I Beta doesn't to... know its name, but Shannon could know that its name is snow. Lud. Sizurde. The next person to act is Beta.
2: So, um, what is in our like immediate uh, surroundings, and where is the Void Elf now?
0: Uh, the Void Elf is kind of just sh- like hovering back and forth, zooming around above the town. Mm. Uh, so, like you know, generally above the town.
2: She's gonna. She's gonna tap on nts and be like hey
5: you you busy so you tap on the little black, the little black line and it begins to sort of unfold from within yeah it, it, it grows again into that sort of uh liquid metal teardrop pod and the hole opens and you see sort of a, a glowing light within and a voice that you hear uh from within say you have 14 notifications
2: yeah and Beta's going to want to get inside
0: yes so you crawl inside uh, near the sun that is advisable Um, you go up the little steps and the uh, hatch sort of closes down over you could you please pass and Mm -mm. I will just repeat could you please pass Mm -mm. a will check
2: I'm going to burn six grit just to be sure and then I'm also going to roll my will which is already 12 but
0: So yeah, basically don't roll a one.
2: Okay, I have, I so, so much will.
0: You rolled a 12, which is the highest you can roll. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to say, not only can you also act this round, but because you uh, rolled a critical success, I'm also going to let you do a reason roll um, to figure out uh, another feature of nearer the sun that is advisable, which basically has infinite features. (laughs) So every time you successfully get inside of it and you pass a will check, um, there'll be an opportunity for you to roll a reason check to learn something about it. Um, And so depending upon how well you roll, I will tell you a more or less powerful feature of nearer the sun that is advisable.
2: Okay, so can I do that roll first?
0: Please do, yes.
2: Okay, cool. So I roll d12 plus one because I have a genius bonus and I got a six.
0: Okay, so you got like a pretty middle of the road mm. uh, kind of thing. So here, let me tell you something about Nearer the Sun than is advisable. Oh, this is fun.
2: Yeah, this is so fun. <laughs> I love this.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna tell you two things that you probably have suspected up until this point. Mm that you know you feel pretty confident of now and one thing that you did not know okay um seems like it's pretty important to pass that will check (laughs) yeah okay nearer the sun than is advisable has guns on it okay okay you can fire one of them for d will grit Hmm. you can fire two for two d will grit each arm cannon does one d20 damage cool
2: Wow, she's got such a freaking crush on this NTS. Um, how how many hours have passed since we got there?
0: Oh, uh, since like basically, how many hours have passed since uh, you were last in near the sun?
2: Um, no, just in general, oh. because one of my powers is sink, and I absorb one grit per hour from my surroundings. Oh,
0: probably about eight.
2: Oh. Hell yeah. I mean, it's an awesome power. She has like un her, like she just has to wait a while a little bit and her grit just comes back. Okay, cool. So uh, then she's she's is that is that it that I find out?
0: Those are the things that you learn. Seems important to pass that will check yeah. near the sun has arm cannons. The arm cannons cost D will to use and they do one D 20 damage. So
2: beta gets in, you know, NTS and she's feeling, she's feeling good. She's feeling, wow, she's got that pep in her step. She misses that feeling. She had it just a couple of hours ago, but she missed it already. Uh, she can't get enough of it. And she says she like has this overwhelming sense. Oh, Okay, I'm gonna. I'm. I think there's a gun on here, and I'm gonna shoot it straight at uh, the Void Elf, and she's feeling really confident that she's gonna hit it.
0: Uh, so what you do is you roll D will mm. and spend the spend the grit. Okay. You will then roll nearer the sun than is advisable's combat roll, not yours. Okay. And then if you hit, you will roll to damage. So you will lose the grit regardless of whether or not near the sun connects. Does that make sense? Yes.
2: Okay. So D so f- will. Okay. Eight grit. That's okay. I just got that from the environment. Okay. And then I... So. Okay, go ahead. So
0: now you are going to roll near the sun's combat dice, which is 1d20.
2: Oh, okay. Oh. Let's hope this works. But she doesn't say that. She says...
0: <laughs> this will work. She Sorry. says,
2: see you later, chuckle boy. 10?
0: <laughs> the Void Elf will dodge and roll a four, so he did not dodge. Yes! Ooh. You should roll 1d20 for damage. Okay.
6: Oh.
2: Hell yeah.
5: Pilot recognized. Your name is Jupiter
0: Palanquin.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, you can call me whatever you'd like. <laughs>
5: Welcome
0: back, Jupiter.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Nine. Nine.
0: The Void Elf is going to spend some grit, and you do six damage.
2: And Beta feels awesome. She's not a huge fighter, but I mean, she could be one now. Uh,
0: the Void Elf is like, where'd you get that sweet toy, bro?
2: Uh, Beta does not answer.
0: <laughs> it's kind of bleeding a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Remy, you go next. Uh, yeah, Remy's—he uh,
4: he sort of stumbles off his zog because he—he's he, feeling less nauseous, but very like sort of hungover um, from using uh, from using cloud. Um, so, is it immediately obvious how to use the Onverus pistol? Who um, no. Okay, so I have to. I have to <laughs> great, that makes sense. That's perfectly fine. I think what he's going to do is he's going to he's going to burn. Uh, it's two health for one grit, right? Uh, it's three actually. Three. Okay. Yeah. He'll burn nine health for. I guess that's three grit
0: (laughs) three grit yeah yeah okay nine health for three grit so let me make that change and just to explain how this works um uh, steel fleet one of the mechanics is you can basically trade in health for grit at a cost of three to one you can do that anytime you want
4: he stumbles off the zog and he's like he sort of like hits the ground on his hands and knees because again he just feels he feels awful from using this like power earlier uh and grabs like i guess like a handful of of dirt from the ground, he'll burn four grit
0: uh, and roll to attack uh, with charge. All right. Yeah, roll uh, roll your combat. What are you, yeah, you're just you going to throw <laughs> an exploding cloud of dirt <laughs> at the <void laughs> they're,
4: Yeah, they're not. I mean, it's like they'll, they'll shoot like bullets. So it's like he's like throwing like a cloud of like flechettes or something. Sure. All right. Uh, that are also small grenades. Yeah. So that is, hold on.
0: D-com plus, uh plus four. 15. Wow. Very good. Yeah. You—that's the second four to dodge that the Void Elf has rolled in a row. <laughs> uh, ha in the, uh, the chat. Void for elf, the Void Elf. Yeah, the Void huh. Elf is no no slouch when it comes to to trying to dodge stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, roll for damage. Yeah. So damage is D6 plus four plus
4: five. So or plus one. Sorry.
0: Oh fuck. It's only six damage. Oh, no. Um, uh, the Void Elf, however, is not taking this seriously and so does not activate the damage-absorbing features of his witch suit. He just sees you pick up a hunk of dirt and is like, who cares, bro? Um, but uh, yeah, so he unexpectedly takes the full six damage, so uh, yeah. congratulations. Yep. And he yeah, he looks very pissed off. I
4: think the other thing that Remy's going to do is he's going to like take out one of the hands and just like chew on it and use, I guess, cannibal just like (laughs) yeah he it's like you can it says that you can wolf down a kilogram of human flesh to regain d6 health if you do make a reaction reason check success has no effect failure makes you feel emotions and lose d6 grit okay so one kilogram of assorted limbs uh which i think is maybe like what
0: one and a half (laughs) i'm keeping track of this stuff in my character sheet. I really don't want to think in this way about the limbs that you're consuming. So ugh. I think I'm just, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, c- <laughs> reserving myself to just letting you do whatever you want with the various body yeah, parts okay, in sounds your bag. Good. Sounds good. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he's just like, uh, you know, he's, he's not bothered by it. Like he's like, there's all this chaos around him. He just feels really bad and like doesn't he's like going to do his part, but doesn't really care that much. He's like, ugh, yeah, I feel terrible. I can't concentrate on this battle i need to eat um so i guess i'll do a reason check so my reason is nine so he feels fine he's just sitting there on the ground like chewing by his zog sort of resting his head
0: after having thrown explosive dirt into the air (laughs) yeah <laughs> the Void Elf realizes that uh, you four are the ones to be reckoned with, um, and mm. s- sort of spins his mecha um, mecha suit in a direction, and you know comes careening towards you, and pulls out a pulls out this jagged it's kind of hard to to tell what it is like it's this jagged piece of metal with a handle and a hilt so it is technically a sword but um it doesn't the blade of it doesn't look sword like it just looks like a long rectangular piece of very uh, ragged metal um, and it's vibrating it looks like it's vibrating very quickly this is a high frequency sword and it's basically just going to try to sweep down and it's going to take a swipe at nearer the sun that is advisable <gasps> slash beta uh, because it identifies nearer the sun it knows exactly what this technology uh. is and, and knows that it is not to be messed with so it's just going to yeah try to try to make a swipe um, so roll, sh- Shannon. Mm-hmm. Um, beta, you are going to have to roll nearer the sun's um, movement, mm-hmm. which is one die higher than yours.
2: Okay, my movement's an eight, so I so you I roll a D ten, right? Or not? you roll a
0: D ten? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Seven.
0: Okay, you did not. Yikes! <laughs> uh, so the the void the void elf swoops down, leans uh leans out sort of of its flying saucer and tries to take a swipe at nearer the sun with its high frequency sword. Manages to connect, does six damage. The way that uh, near the sun takes damage versus how you take damage yeah. is a little complicated. Okay. Um, And so the way that I think we're going to do it is we're just going to keep track of it throughout Uh the combat rounds. And if you take as much damage as it would take to kill you, Mm. um, let me know and we'll see what happens. Okay. Near the sun will basically absorb a certain percentage of the damage that you take. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just you have not done the role to figure out how that works yet.
2: okay okay
0: so it will always until you know that until you know that fact it will always be a little bit of a surprise
2: okay so i take six uh health damage
0: take six health damage okay great um additionally please pass a will check
2: okay pass a will check 12 okay i hope i pass i didn't (laughs)
0: You. Um,
2: <laughs> I hope I pass. Oh.
0: When the high frequency sword connects with nearer the sun than is advisable, you, you like feel jostled, but you also feel like someone has just picked you. You feel like a paint can in one of those machines, like someone mm. has just picked you up and shooken you, like shaped you very, very vigorously. Mm. Uh, that thing is vibrating so fast that it like almost makes your blood boil. Oh, um, so you for the next round take a minus one penalty to every roll.
2: Okay, that makes sense.
5: Uh oh, I don't feel so good. Threat level dandelion. Permission to execute nihilist protocol. I sure? Permission granted <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Weird call, Combat! <laughs> uh,
0: well, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Venos, it is your your initiative. Uh, Venos
1: was happy to let everybody else deal with this um, until the Void Elf just attacked his friend. Um, he thought that this was kind of just a gamer shithead that was just having fun. So, Venos um, turns his palms facing up and he. And he points his head down towards the ground, and then he slowly pulls his hands and his fingers in towards his body, and he
5: says...
1: (laughs) And then you hear... Everybody around him hears a trickling sound. Um, In the language he spoke, he said the word, Slow the river. And what he just did was cast a spell that uh, allows um, everyone who is going to be playing after him to take their turn twice. Oh. Um, he's effectively slowed time down for as many rounds as he chooses. Um, This is actually the perfect uh, round order scenario for (laughs) this particular... Because the Void Elf
0: will go last, yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, And and he also gets to choose
1: the number of rounds, so he, you know, it helps that the... We have uh, six people um, next who are uninterrupted uh, to go against the Void Elf. So instead of six rounds against the Void Elf, we now have 12. Um, (laughs) What... Everybody finds is that they can move at normal speed, but clearly everything else uh, is going twice as slow. It's a very odd experience. If you were to do experiments in this space, you would find very weird numbers in all of your lasers. (laughs) And and, uh, um, and so he will be doing this for the next six people. I have to burn eight plus X, which is the number of rounds I want this to happen for, which is the next six rounds. Uh, Grit, so that's a total of 14 grit he just spent. And um, the trickle trickle sound goes for each of the six people that this will apply to, and then it slowly fades away, and their next turns happen twice.
2: I get to self-destruct twice.
3: (laughs) <laughs>
0: Probably. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. Uh, Nick, just a point of order, just yes. so that I understand. The Void Elf rolls like normal. He just only gets one, one round, right?
1: Yes, because, because Slow the River allows you to choose the number of rounds... Uh, and i'm guessing around in this parlance is a turn right
0: yeah so like mercus will go twice deva will yes. the deva will go twice oat will go twice the marines yes. will go twice the Be- beta will go twice yes. Remy, Remy will, will go, go twice. twice and then if the void elf is still alive time will speed back up again yes. and he will go
1: once exactly the moment that Remy is finished that's when time clicks back to behaving normally
0: and so, let's say in the next round, Marcus uh, wants to throw a grenade or wants to fire a gun. I don't know if Marcus has those things, but just for the sake of argument, you know, mm-hmm. wants to attack the Void Elf will still roll his movement die to dodge the same way, right?
1: Yeah, this is this is interesting because, um, yeah, I, I think so. I think I think you okay. would ha- have to otherwise. This would be a much more overpowered power if yeah. he had I mean, no and I recourse. Think that, yeah. yeah,
0: and I think that owes to like your description of it being very strange to behold. It's mm-hmm. not just that time has slowed down. it's that like there's two times happening at once right. and they are and that and both of those times are only subject to certain people. So the void elf is like moving at normal speed but only gets to act once, whereas everybody else gets to act twice. So it's like you've you've like folded two, right. two eventualities on top of one another. It's like a double exposed moment.
1: And exactly, and they both and they both happen. So yeah, um, <laughs> it is yeah um, a little yeah. bit like um, so, sort of a, a a quantum type event, kind of, <laughs> kind, <laughs> right, of <yeah. laughs> kind of it happened and didn't happen kind of uh, thing. So yeah, that's that is a better way to look at it because you will see two reactions to all of their moves, um, but time will go back to normal, so uh, the void elf won't be able to do two actions.
3: Wow,
0: Mercus.
6: I mean, what does it feel like to the rest of us? Can Marcus just look at his hands and is just like, whoa?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you just, you feel like you, you, yeah, you feel like there's, it's like a strange combination of you feel like there's two of you, or you feel like one of you can do twice as much in the same amount of time.
3: (laughs) Uh, And both are right. Everything
0: else, yeah, though everything else around you is like still pretty normal.
6: Uh, I guess Mercus was still, like, spinning and coming out of that spin and feeling very disappointed, but just starts to think about uh, what his brothers would do, and so he unlatches one of the bolas in his belt and uh, starts swinging it to try to hit the void elf. Um, it doesn't have legs, but at least maybe he can uh, tie up its top half. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's a combat roll. Yeah, right? it's a
0: combat roll, and the Void Elf will roll movement to try to dodge around it. Okay. Ooh.
6: Murky's got a nine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no, the Void Elf rolled a two. <laughs>
6: yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, so yeah. uh, if the target is hit, so that was hit, right? Yep. Um, they must make another move check against six. I know they don't have legs, but against uh, you know, if they, if they fail, they still trip and fall.
0: Okay, so the Void Elf failed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, kind of by a lot. Mercus, you nail it. You twirl the bola over your head and you let it fly. You remember, I don't know if it was, you know, the training of that your brother gave you uh, or if it's just, you know, you feel different. You feel empowered in this new double time moment. Uh, but not only do you manage to hit the Void Elf, you kind of by chance happen to... Th- get one end of the bola stuck in the suit's intake valve. (laughs) And uh, the Void Elf is now, like, it's still chugging along in the air, but it's not nearly as fast. Um, And you can tell that he's having a hard time, uh, like, piloting his flying saucer mecha suit.
6: Uh, upon hearing uh, upon hearing the little tink as it made contact Mercus just drives a fist in the air and goes hush puppies
5: big day at the catchphrase factory huh yeah
0: <laughs> that, you got a banger <laughs> that's
5: the song of the summer Jen <laughs>
3: Uh,
0: you can hear the void elf just swearing up a storm. Does he take any damage from this or is he just kind of waylaid a little bit?
6: Oh yes. It is a D two.
0: Okay. I'm just, yeah. He just takes, he's going to take two damage. Yeah. And you get to act again.
6: Oh boy. Uh, So it's still in the air.
0: Yeah, he's. Um, it's kind of like making that sound—the uh, super future version of that car sound from old cartoons, where it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like backfiring and sputtering and trying to intake air to keep it afloat, but it's having a hard time.
6: Okay, Murgus is gonna try another spin move, but this time is throwing kind of like a hammer throw with the the tail with his tail. So as he spins, the the baby duck boot goes flying toward. The Void Elf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Willing to sacrifice a boot.
0: <laughs> it's kind of a big deal, oh, right? An eight. The Void Elf can't beat it. Uh, so you hit it. Yeah, he rolled a four.
6: Okay, and damage is D4. So roll one D4. And a one.
0: <laughs> uh, you you beat you beat him on the head with the boot, and you can tell <laughs> that it didn't hurt him a lot. But like, he's really pissed about yeah. it. Now. <laughs> like, you've embarrassed. That's embarrassing.
6: I mean, but to Mercus, this was a rousing success, <laughs> and he's just doing a little like <laughs> dance.
0: <laughs> the Deva acts next, the the sort of lieutenant in the gold robe, and you can see they kind of look down at their hands. They're getting uh, oriented, reoriented in this new sort of like strange double moment. And the Deva turns around and looks at Mercus and is like, no. Looks at Beta and is like, no. Looks at Remy and is like, maybe. Looks at Venus and is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of gives Vino's like this very like nearly imperceptible, very tight nod. It's just like, mm. mm-hmm. and the Deva like reaches their arms out, kind of like they're h- gonna hug someone, and then slowly brings them back in, um, as though they're they're drawing energy from the environment, just like hunching their shoulders and tensing their arms and then juts an arm out really quickly with a flat palm thumb up and just points at the sputtering embarrassed uh, void elf and doesn't say anything you don't see anything happen it looks like they're directing some thought very carefully and very intensely at the void elf hold on one second They get a disappointed look on their face um, and drop their arm down and they sort of like shake it off um, like they're uncomfortable or like, you know, something didn't go right. They just repeat that again. They do the same (laughs) thing. They brace themselves, widen their stance a little bit, close their eyes, take in a deep breath, put their arms out, tense them, bring them back in and do the same thing jut a hand out, point it at the Void Elf, and this time they're gonna burn some grit.
5: Oh my god! No! No. No. Mike, just let him do it! But it's eight! (laughs) That was a success, success,
0: but it was one off from a failure. Yeah. (laughs) You can't see anything. You don't see anything happen uh, between the space of the Deva's hand and the several meters through the open air that leads to the, um, to the Void Elf, um, but if you look, and you look up at the Void Elf, you can see the sputtering, sparking, and, like, lilting, like, it's, it's kind of, like, trying to heft itself in the air, and it can't do it. The armor starts to ripple, and it starts to bubble, and it becomes kind of, like, a weird liquid, and it changes its shape from a, a, a black spiny saucer it, and it becomes droopy until the deva closes their fist and goes from flat palm to just tight fist, tenses their whole body and and the saucer just turns into a boulder in an instant. It just turns into a large rock, and the void elf falls from the sky onto uh, a, a kind of like hutch that held hay, not hutch, a tiny hut and crushes it. And you can see, now that you can see it a little bit closer, it's just trapped inside of a stone. It's just yeah. inside of a rock. Oat, you're next. You have two actions
5: oh boy so is part of the void elf's body sticking out of the
0: boulder the void elf is wriggling and screaming and swearing and trying to pull its in, lower half out of this boulder in but slow it is motion just, right it's it like
3: just,
5: or i guess its voice would be normal yeah
0: <laughs> uh, no it's it's not slow motion it's just weird like double time like two things are kind of happening at once okay um but, but there's yeah, part the- of it is there anything on the torso of the void
5: elf the part that I could see and could run to is there anything that's like is there a bandolier
0: of grenades is motherfucker there-, there is exactly a bandolier <laughs> of grenades <laughs> My friend,
5: I am going to use uh, Oat sees, Oat like looks, does the same thing that Mercus did. Just like is looking at his hands, is looking at Mercus. And he's like, you people don't mess around. And <laughs> he he realizes that he can do double and uh. He gets so happy because he's going to do something he hasn't done in a long time, which is steel. So steel is a class power that Oat has, uh, and I'm, I'm going to uh, burn D8 grit, leave it up to the, the dice gods, five. So I'm going to burn five grit and then uh, roll my movement to add. Now, it says add my level check. Does that mean just add my level number?
0: So roll movement and add your level and, and get a six or higher. You got it. Um, and you already have, Oat already has a bonus to movement. So yes. you can also use that. Oh, and does that bonus come anytime I roll movement? Anytime you roll movement.
5: I love it. Okay, so I get a plus two. Uh, and I'm rolling. So you want a D six 12. or higher? Another nine.
0: Nice. If you succeed. I steal you just the object yeah, steal the it. thing yeah.
5: without being caught
0: oh. this is this is one of my favorite things about Stillfleet is the number of rolls where you just make, where like things just happen <laughs> I love it, I, it's so much fun I love this kind of game design I, I, I'm getting more into it too, but I love this So I mean, I'm gonna say also because he's you know, he's gonna try to swipe at you but he can't meaningfully move away right. so because you were successful you know, uh, roll a d6 Four. Oh. one uh, yeah, he's only got one grenade left. Okay. So yeah, you get you get his one grenade off no, of his chest. No, no, no. I wasn't going like, oh, okay. for the grenade. Oh, I'm going right. for the pin. Oh, <laughs> oh. stealing pins. I'm Sick. just gonna go take that pin right off. He smacks at your face uh, as you're coming in to try to steal the, (laughs) like, he's literally trying to smack you in the face. Uh, Uh It's not like, it's not like flailing and trying to hit whatever he can connect. He's literally just trying to smack you. Yeah. Um, And And I'm uh, I'm
5: acting, Oat is acting like he's like, I'm gonna punch you, you evil motherfucker! And he like, is like, with his right hand, he's pretending to fight
0: him, and the left hand is just very quickly lifting the pin out of that grenade. Unseen. The The void elf continues to swear at you uh, and continues to say terrible things about all of your family members until he smells the faint smell uh, of the grenade arming itself and starting to steam as it uh, activates the chemicals on the inside. And then he looks at you and he goes, you cow!" And then he explodes <laughs> into a million pieces. Oh, wow!
2: <laughs> Wait! I think can- he blew himself up. Can, yeah. Wait, can void elves die? Well, I thought void elves can't die. Uh
0: I mean he's they're immortal, they won't <laughs> die of their own, you know, they won't like age and die, but right, uh, I see, but they can yeah, be
2: exploded. You,
0: yeah, if you blow them into a million pieces. Yes, being yeah, blown be- up is kind of
5: like their kryptonite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see now. I understand now.
0: True of many sapiens. <laughs> We are out of initiative.
5: Threat level detected. Threat level now at Lazy Susan. <laughs> Threat neutralized. Still continue with Nihilist Protocol.
2: Uh, uh, may, maybe next time. I'm kind of all messed
5: up from that. This continuity found to be in low priority. Deactivating.
3: Oh. oh, oh, oh.
0: You are pooped out the back of this thing, oh. and then it shrinks <laughs> back into its little black metal live. Uh, Yes, there's a little lime sort of floating at about chest height um, that formerly was nearer the sun than is advisable.
2: And then Beta says, "Ugh, you are just so busy. What a busy, busy body. Kisses it on the top of its head and puts it in her pocket. (laughs)
5: yeah a tiny voice like it's the same voice but it just sounds far away because it's coming out of the little lime it says thank you
0: (laughs) have fun with that mike it is nice to be loved (laughs) now that the threat has been neutralized you can kind of get a sense of the the destruction that happened here that it looks like the void elf has maybe been here since you freed it just kind of like Having having fun torturing people uh, because it had been locked up for God knows how long. There's uh, there's a, a lot of destruction that happened. Um, the good news is that a lot of the people who were t- transformed, the ones that are still alive at least, uh, are slowly turning back to normal. And the Deva is actually going around um, and is touching some people, and you can see that as they uh, as they touch certain townspeople, their hands go from bundles of blonde hair back into. Family fingers they touch someone else and their head sort of shrinks and grows back and it's the right size again or that's the right orientation again so they're going around and doing all of these things and sort of tending to people and um, the soldiers that were assisting are going around and kind of starting to clean things up the deva does uh, after they sort of talk to a few people and uh, reconfigure a few people see you uh, sort of locks eyes with venus and then looks at everyone else and starts to walk towards you
6: Marcus is just holding the naked end of his tail (laughs) like, oh, I hope the shoe is still intact. (laughs) Uh,
4: Remy is finishing the uh, limbs, uh, but with his nanites. So it's just like he has them in his hands and they're sort of being absorbed
0: through his palms. The... Deva um, approaches, gets closer, and yeah, you can see it's just, uh, they're very dapper. They look very well put together. They're definitely um, someone who is very much in charge. They have uh, kind of like very flat features. Uh, they look very almost nondescript, but yeah, the big tall <laughs> gold hat, long gold robe, uh, and they approach. Uh, who's up front? Who's like, you know, in the front of the group of you?
6: Uh, I think probably Marcus.
0: So this person approaches you and uh, they say, I am Shasho, Deva to the Anax, openness. And uh, they sort of do a little, you know, kind of like a nod and a bow, uh, sort of similar to what they did to Venus when they figured out that, you know, Venus had cast the, the double time spell.
6: And uh, Mercus bows and goes, ha, I'm Mercus.
0: The deva looks at everyone and uh, kind of does this little gesture with an open palm and kind of like gestures to all of you in a sweeping motion and says, congratulations on your success at the Anvader's estate, ambivalence.
1: <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate
3: it.
0: The saffron anox would and they look over their shoulder at the ruined town like to speak with you at his court and they'd continue their sweeping gesture across the Vista of Rigamont B to Rigamont A, which you can see floating in the sky off to your left on Rigamont A. And then they narrow their eyes a little bit and say, demand. Oh, and then they bow again, just a little.
1: Oh yes. I, I see. Um, he turns to the group and says, "There may be a question of who's culpable for these events.
6: Not it, not me.
4: <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> how do we? How do we get there? It's floating in the sky. I don't see any, any uh. ships."
0: Of course. The Deva uh, whistles, um, does like a sort of, you know, puts their fingers in their mouth and does a loud whistle. And um, all of the fighters uh, that were um, helping the townspeople um, and were writing up some of the houses and cleaning up uh, some of the debris kind of up to, and they all uh, form in a line um, between, uh, like on the other side of you, so that you are between them and the Deva. And the Deva reaches into the underside of their golden robe, Um, And pulls out what looks like a small pocket knife, but the handle is like a kind of hexagon um, of metal. It's like four inches across, but there's like a tiny blade on the end of it. And uh, they turn their back to you and kind of thrust their arm into the open air in front of them. You hear a very small, tiny rip uh, followed by a series of clicks and pops uh, like the start of a fire you begin to smell the smell of burning ozone. You can see that a, where, where they thrust their arm, a neat black border opens up mid-space, just a, a small envelope a couple inches tall. The Deva turns their hand, like they're sort of widening the space and opening it up a little bit, and the rip unfolds neatly, these straight and defined edges. It's kind of like unfolding a paper map but it's the space in front of you. What was once three dimensions becomes some very confusing combination of one dimension turning into two and two turning into three and three turning into, oh, you're not really sure, but it like kind of hurts to look at. And after a couple seconds of this ozone burning smell and popping sound and unfolding, a, a jet black square has unfolded in the space in front of you and... You all have this like very familiar feeling. Um, it feels like what it feels like when a stiff works opens. Like mm. the space hasn't really changed, but suddenly just where you are feels a little bit bigger and a, a little bit a little bit wider and more open. And if you look through the rip that has unfolded, um, you can see that. There's space on the other side of that space. Uh, Like, it's hard to say if it's, like, you're going into a door, are you going inside somewhere, are you going through? But, like, on the other side of this border, there's a black and gray landscape uh, that's kind of like a featureless desert lit only by moonlight. And the Deva um, points to it, like, sort of gestures at it in that similar open palm gesture, and looking at you just walks through it and goes a few steps in and beckons you all to follow.
6: Uh, Marcus grabs the reins of the Zog and uh, follows, because this whole, this feeling is very familiar. It's like, well, I guess she's driving. <laughs> uh,
0: the Deva puts their hand up and says, your mounts will not be necessary.
6: Oh.
2: Hmm. So we Do you all one? follow? Yeah, I think yeah. we yeah, follow. Yeah.
0: Okay, you, uh, you all go in. Uh, the soldiers follow behind you. They are picking up the rear um, as they are entering into the door. You can hear some of them shouting uh, to the townspeople, giving them advice, telling them what to do, telling them how to re-raise their buildings or what have you, um, how to get rid of the CVS that was dropped down there if <laughs> they even can. <laughs> one, of, one of the townspeople is holding a bottle of Flonase and is going, Flonase, hmm. Because <laughs> they can read <laughs> English? Hmm. <laughs> You all step into this dark blue, gray, white, black, confusing landscape. You have all stepped into the Escheresque. Oh. So the escheresque is a higher dimensional plane that is always all around you but uh, can only be accessed with the right tools and the right training. Um, this is the um, the home of extra-dimensional entities like the Ilithnari um, and their various civilizations. Not just the Ilithnari; there are many different um, extra-dimensional entities that call this dimension and others, um, you know, various levels of home in the Escheresque. There is also a, a lot of outposts of long-fallen and also not yet existent ultra-advanced societies that learn how to traverse time and space. There is good news and bad news about breathing in the Escheresque. The bad news is that the Escheresque doesn't have atmosphere or gravity.
3: Mm.
0: Uh, <laughs> the good news is that it has every atmosphere and gravity. So, whenever a portal to the Escheresque is opened, when people cross into it from another uh, dimension, uh, from higher or lower dimensions, they bring their own atmosphere with them for a short time. Uh, so, as long, as long as you don't travel too far, or as long as you don't spend too much time, uh, you won't experience a kind of like dangerous uh, deprivation from three space one time uh, that is referred to as drowning. Uh, it is sometimes referred to as burning. So you're good. You pass through. You're 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 walking along the ground. We'll talk about what walking is like in a second because it's uh, strange uh, as you might imagine. But what does happen is whenever you enter the escheresque, you do experience a very particular form of nausea um, that. I think you all would be familiar with cause it's kind of like what happens when you go through a stiff work, but it's just like much, much worse because you are fully inhabiting a dimension that is above yours. So both physically, physiologically, mentally, metaphysically, ontologically, like it's hard for you to deal with. Um, so here's what you do. Every time you enter the Escheresque, everybody should roll a D four.
6: Okay. Three. One, two,
0: three. Now roll, remember that number. Okay. Have that number in mind. Roll D will. Ooh, Roll the one.
6: Oh, uh, I got three. <laughs> three.
0: Eight. Yeah, subtract that second number from the first number with a min- with a <gasps> minimum of one. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And now roll reason and add it. Okay.
2: okay. Negative one.
0: <laughs> two plus reason. Okay.
2: Oh, actually, Negative okay. Negative one. Five. No, six. Marcus got a total of five.
4: Remy got 11. Oh, got a seven.
0: Okay. The idea here is that the stronger your reasoning skills the more upsetting this is to you oh,
3: oh god
0: <laughs> because you're trying to figure out you're tr- you you can not relax you can't just let it happen you're tr- like trying 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 to figure it out trying to just like have a normal experience but you just cannot so you just psych yourself up so 1d4 minus will plus re- reason take that much damage in grit
3: Oh, oh, no. So,
4: oh, my God. No.
0: So I just lost 11 grit is what you're telling me? The yeah. grit is gone. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, because it's just, it Bummer. is, right, if grit is the representation of you having a difficult experience, mm. this is a very difficult experience.
2: Ah. Jeez,
4: wow. I just wiped out all of the, the gains that I got from absorbing some, some meat into my body. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, as you step into the escheresque, into this moonlit vista, and, yeah, you sort of traverse this strange-er plane, all of you, it's, yeah, it just feels awful and confusing, mm. and it feels a little bit like you're being, not torn apart, but, uh, like, your understanding of what you are as a coherent entity is challenged, and that presents some physiological results the Deva just continues walking ahead of you across the across the sort of dunes of this weird desert, uh, seemingly unperturbed. Yeah, how's everybody doing? You're not doing well. You, know, you don't feel great. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, look Hermes this. like, I have a double hangover? How is that possible? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the extra dimension adds another dimension of hangover.
6: <laughs> Marcus is uh, touching his four little bulby fingertips together and just like matching the pinkies up and, you know, like... Nine, my name is Marcus. My name is Marcus. I am a simple salary. My name is
0: Marcus. <laughs> it's kind of like being on drugs, like just drugs that you cannot handle, but also your body hates. Well, I guess that's also true about drugs that yeah. you can handle. Um, I don't want
5: to, I don't want to sound ungrateful for you all busting me out of that. My ex-girlfriend's prison, but, uh, um,
4: Whoa, I, I am, bud.
5: I am. Oh Wait, shit. <laughs> I, I, I spilled it. Fuck. I forgot. Uh, 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 let me start over. <laughs> no, I think, I think he said it. He's got, <laughs> okay, fine, fine, yeah. fine. But, uh, I am reverse grateful for this. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: Beta's, uh, eyes light up when she hears the word girlfriend. Cause that's, that's pretty fun. Um, and, uh, And while she's feeling really bad, uh, this is an experience she doesn't have very often. So uh, she's pretty curious about it.
0: Uh, here, let me set the scene, and then you guys can have a conversation as the Deva walks you in your direction, in the direction mm-hmm. you have to go. It's from our perspective of, of playing a game in uh, three space one time on Earth in 2020. It's very difficult to describe what it is like walking across the escheresque, um, and like what it looks like. You are walking on some kind of. Ground. I'm using quote fingers, towards, again, quote fingers, uh, your destination, but you're also like in and through that ground. Uh, you are on top of it, but also inside of it. And you also occupy like some... Manner of empty space that is the expanse of the sky, but the sky is also you, and that you kind of co mingle with this empty space in a strange way. You are walking forward, but you're also walking kind of up and into your destination, which both looks like you are advancing upon, but also looks like it's coming toward, like it's walking itself or sliding towards you. You can see the deva is gesturing at this building that's on the the quote-unquote horizon uh, that looks kind of like it's either a large angular building that's far away, or it's a small angular building that's very nearby. (laughs) You you can't really tell. Um, And as you walk towards it, the faces of it kind of shift and bend, like you're looking at the front and back of it at the same time, like you're kind of looking at and through it to each other you all look like yourselves but you look like flat versions of yourselves (laughs) um i think we've made this joke before that you kind of look like sprites um, it's kind of like you're, it's kind of like earthbound. you are you, are you but you are a flattened mm. um, uh, lower fidelity, which is not right, but is the closest we have version of yourself in this dark, undulating and seemingly infinite landscape uh, that's lit by some dull, unseen gray, blue light. You don't see a sun, you don't see a moon, but everything everything does have this kind of gray glow to it. Uh, off in the quote-unquote distance you can see other structures poking through and around the horizon and the distance here and there there are these like white half rendered outlines against the weird black of the sky sky ground and again yeah like as you move everything's sort of rippling and turning and undulating it moves kind of in a way that the Similar to the way the onvader's estate moved, but it's much more uncomfortable to look at and behold.
6: Venus, is this part of what you were doing earlier? <laughs>
0: um, so Venus actually seems
1: pretty comfortable in this space. Um, he his his movement seems less labored. His voice um, seems younger. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's kind of in his element here. So he turns to the uh, to the group and uh, Marcus in particular, and he goes. Not quite. Um, gang, I believe we should get our story straight. They're going to want to pin all of this on us, as it should be. It is our fault we released all these dangerous prisoners into this world. We must blame the Void Elf.
2: Sounds good to me.
6: Yeah, Ren is
1: like,
2: "Eh, whatever, dude. Uh, Beta's uh, just kind of taken back by Venus's new voice. Uh, (laughs) It's very hot. Uh, (laughs) She's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) whatever you say.
1: Okay, all right. When we came into the prison cells, he was already breaking out. We tried to stop him, but we couldn't.
6: He disappeared. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's oh my go. Oh god. Venos <laughs> is a fucking hunk in the HRS. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's Yeah. it's like Stefan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great, yeah. So you guys walk. Um you uh Does everyone agree? Yeah, yes, Remy's plan. like Remy doesn't Uh, care. (laughs) Remy's like non-responsive. He's like,
1: (laughs) uh, all right. To be fair, you
0: have, um, you have clouded yourself and lost 11 grit in the last, like, yeah, yeah, 10, 10 hours. So you do actually probably feel like you have a four dimensional hangover.
4: Yeah. He's not doing great. Uh, I feel like, I feel like his, if you like his skin is probably rippling very strangely. Uh, the nanites are just doing stuff, but he's like, he's, he's trying to keep his eyes closed as much as he possibly can just cuz he's like uh this is this is a bad place
0: you after probably about 10, 15 minutes of hiking, uh, though, I mean, uh, it also feels like a day and a half and 30 seconds. Um, You arrive at a small angular building that's in this strange gray environment. It's like a squat utility house made of a a uniform material that has the texture of... um, petrified tree bark and the Deva reaches again into their golden cloak and produces that key again and this time instead of shoving it into empty space they shove it into a door that is in this squat kind of utility house and uh, it clicks open they walk through do you follow?
4: Yes. Remy's sprinting (laughs)
0: <laughs> you you walk into uh, a big gray room in three space one time and you all feel amazing oh, uh, it is a,
6: it is, oh my name
5: is <laughs> Uh
0: except for maybe Venus who is like you know uh, <laughs>
5: oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> withering okay. oh, the way it was intended length, <laughs> distance, height and a little spice of time good old three dimensional space you gotta love it <laughs>
0: the Deva continues walking into this big gray room, sort of beckoning you forward. Um, in this oh, room, hey, guys, there's...
5: before we go air, inside, I should tell you, I was too weirded out back there to talk. But, um, uh, yeah, don't lie to this guy. Okay, that's uh. all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness Good timing, gracious. <laughs> what? Yeah, um, he's gonna know you're lying. You can't lie to this guy. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> the Deva keeps like... um. Uh, beckoning you forward into this big gray room. Uh, Except for the door that you came through, there's no obvious other door. And it similarly is lit by some sort of uh, distant like recessed lighting source. In front of you, uh, there's a large raised platform. It's long and it's deep. It's only raised maybe a foot or so. And in the center of it, there's a big chair. It's kind of a sphere with a wide notch cut out of it. Looks like it might be made of stone or concrete or something. Um, And behind it, and sort of above it and around it are these large orange rings of another kind of stone or metal some very rough and heavy looking material and they're kind of just floating there as far as you can tell with no clear like suspension mechanism they're just there floating in the air spinning slowly and they're bright, bright orange. And you can tell that it's, they're giving off a very, very intense heat. It's not dangerous. It's not unpleasant, but it's like being very close to a heating lamp. Um, You can just tell that they, you know, they're they're glowing because of how hot they are. And as you file in, the soldiers file in behind you. Um, you hear the sort of like familiar clicking and clacking and popping and crackling sound of that door to the escheresque closing. And the Deva turns around. They close their eyes for a moment. They uh, open them and get a, a sort of like smile on their face. And uh, they s- sort of rise onto their tiptoes and say, disarm them. And then they look at all of you and sweep their hand across you again and say, apologetic. As they do this, you can feel the small brigade of soldiers behind you start to tug at your backpacks. Um, Remy, they tug at the uh, straps that are holding the invaders large pistol around your shoulder. Um, they're going to take, Venus, your escheresque blade from underneath your cloaks. No. Uh, they'll take the visor... Uh, Uh, Beta um, they will take the Onverter's sword Um, They're going to take any weapons that you might have Had on your person Um, they'll take Your personal sword beta Remy they'll take your wooden sword So on and so forth Um, they basically Just want everything that you Have on you I mean, you can try to fight it if you want, but there are a lot of these soldiers and they're pretty big.
4: Remy tries to crack a joke, but he's like very obviously sick. He says, take me out to dinner first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he looks like he's about to collapse. Uh, the soldier that is uh, taking your things from you does chuckle a little bit. Um, you can't tell if it's at your joke or how ill you are, but <laughs> you do get a little reaction.
2: Do they take NTS? Um, Let's see. <laughs>
0: Yes. Oh. Uh
2: Beta oh. doesn't resist but she does say he's sleeping.
3: <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, the soldier, uh, it's like a large woman in brass, um, brass armor with two swords crossed along her back, just uh, kind of without any acknowledgement that she even knew where you were keeping him, just reaches into your inside pocket and your jacket and pulls out NTS. Um, And uh, they kind of just like, you know, pile all of your things into a big (laughs) basket that's at the front of the room um, where the raised platform is. So I just want to be clear. Basically, all you have on your person at the moment is your clothing.
6: I I feel I feel very naked without my shoes.
0: The Deva looks at all of you and says, again, apologetic, but you understand. They step off to the side, and they just start walking across this large, open, gray room. And as they do this, in that sphere, spherical chair with the notch cut out of it, a humanoid shape starts to materialize. Um, it's like it's scanned into existence, like it's slid through a minuscule, imperceptible slit in reality, and then... It's there. Uh, it's kind of hard, again, to explain how it comes into existence, but it just kind of pops in. And it's reclining, kind of kind of relaxed, maybe kind of exhausted. It's kind of draped over this chair with its long arms um, over the sides. Its head is tilted to one side. This is the Saffron anux.
5: Give me one reason I should not kill you and reclaim the things that you took from
4: the Envaders' estate. Well, I'm tired and I really want to sleep.
0: (laughs) Remy's just like staring at him or at them. This thing person um, has no discernible features. Uh, They are like a humanoid shape, but they don't have a face It's just smooth, blue-gray skin. There's no eyes, there's no mouth, there's no hair. They have arms and legs and hands, but at least at this distance you can't see. There's no, like, uh, folds in their skin. There's no wrinkling. Um, There are no uh, fingernails or toenails. They're just kind of like a smooth human shape. Taylor, is the Saffron Knox wearing anything? Well, wearing is a complicated term in this instance. Um, <laughs> okay, all right.
5: He, the, the, the oh, I shouldn't even really use the It's a he. Pronouns. The Saffron Enox sure. is, okay, we'll yeah, say he is a he. Uh, uh, clothes don't really make any sense for him, but his body, as you can see, it is currently adorned. Um, there is sort of, uh, imagine if you could press. A liquid, a constantly moving liquid, into the general shape of clothing, um, and so there's just sort of this layer of this uh, luminescent orange and yellow, luminous plasma, almost like the flame of a candle has been pressed into this thin layer that sort of moves around the same way that liquid in a bottle that you would shake would move around the bottle, sort of moves in this thin layer around his body. And it's not necessarily there to cover anything because as it moves around his body, the entirety of his body is exposed at some point. Um, So while I wouldn't say that he's wearing anything, uh, he definitely knows he looks fantastic.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: perhaps it would help if i gave you the vast benefit of the doubt that it's possible that you might be aware of some information that i am not and i told you that the envader was a close friend of mine and that i'm aware of the events that happened at her estate before her passing oh so you're aware that we didn't kill her yes okay great sorry what's this about I asked you to give me one reason I
4: should not kill you and reclaim the yeah. things you took from her estate. Yeah, well, I said I was tired. Uh, and I, I, I would hope that, you know, like you give us a chance to sort of, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm really, I, that dimension <laughs> thing really fucked me up. I'm sorry, man. I, I just really, I, I, it's like I have a five dimensional hangover. You really, I, somebody, can somebody else, does anybody?
6: Mercus absolutely cracks and is just covered in like getting like mucusy, like all over his body. Like he's sniffle, like full body sniffle. And he's like, I'm really sorry I took this pen. I got it for Algar, who is our boss. He's always asking us to sign things. And it's just like a crumpled mess on the floor. It's just all mucusy. And I'm just sorry. You can
3: look in my bag for the
5: pen. Ah, let me clarify further. I do not sit here in any sort of moral judgement of what you have done as right or wrong, but you should understand that while the Anveda and I were close friends, we also had an arrangement, a series of agreements. Specifically, one of our most relevant agreements to this conversation was our agreement that she keep her prisoners just that. Prisoners. Actions taken by you have negated that agreement, and you've released some rather unpleasant things Onto my twins. Uh,
2: uh, yes, uh, um, but uh, it doesn't seem that uh, this void elf is really a problem anymore. And, you know, the Ilithnari is not really a problem anymore, so we'll just be on our way.
5: <laughs> Not quite yet. Uh, the Void Elf did cause several problems, and while the Davis will be able to ascertain and assuage any of these consequences in time, of course there was an opportunity cost for me to dedicate the resources and attention to solving those problems. Problems of which, I remind you, you were the cause. Yeah. Well... Let me speak in the language you might be more comfortable with of the company. Perhaps we can come to an agreement where you serve some sort of utility.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm used to being a utility most of the time. Now we're speaking my language. What do you need from us?
5: Well, why don't you make the first offer? How would you like to make the situation right?
2: Mm, uh...
4: Remy's just clutching his head. He like really can't parse this.
2: Yeah, I mean, beta's down to two grit. Well, um, I mean, I certainly can lend you my knowledge. I, I know a lot <laughs> about the different, uh, you know, orgasmic bounty of uh, or orga- non-orgasmic. Uh, I said orgasmic, but I did not mean orgasmic.
0: <laughs> Beta combat, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, the bounty of the universe, um, I can help, I could give you that.
5: I can tell that you are not a team of negotiators. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, 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 a thousand
1: apologies for myself and my consorts here. But you see, we work for the Worshipful comf- Company of Steel Fleeters. And as I have it here in my documents, um, we had every right to be at the estate and, and collect valuables that were up for the grabs. I, I would like you to know there was a large tree growing through the very prison that you said would be holding these prisoners. And with the Envoy of it gone, it was only a matter of time before these, the whole structure itself was torn asunder and the Void Elf awoken. We simply accidentally um, sped up the, the process and we dealt with the threat uh, perhaps A bit late But I just ask you keep this in mind When you consider our sentence We have many skills Many talents And we, better than anything else Are collectors and finders Is there anything that
5: you Would like collected? Now, when you put it like that You've got my attention I believe that we can find an agreement Between us here That would create in you some utility To me there is in fact something I would like collected and found. Did you know that I have already an arrangement with your company almost 300 years now?
6: I didn't see that in the contract. Yes, I've been I've been then. <laughs> This
1: sounds like a normal thing to say for Venos but um he's not sure if anybody else understands it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um Beta, you might know. Venos you would definitely know that yeah, the the company um basically since its inception 300 years ago has had a an ongoing trade relationship with the Saffron Anox. Um, and that um, it is actually uh, um, the Saffron inox was the first person or organization, however you want to describe it, that the company reached out to when the Stiffworks started working again mm-hmm. after the TAC quake. Uh, so there was like a short amount of time during which the stiffworks didn't work. They turned back on about a year ago and they knew that they were back on when they were uh, receiving messages to and from the Saffron Anox. Uh, so he mm-hmm. actually is like a, yeah, a close sort of trade partner of the company.
1: Yes, I, I know a bit about the arrangement. Yes, yes. Uh, how may we
5: come to your assistance? wonderful that's the question i was hoping that you'd ask me let's agree that you'll do this favor for me or assistance as you would call it now if, yes. if you're able to accomplish this not only will i let you live but i will reward you handsomely also some of the things that i've taken from you i'm happy to return and oh. much much more oh
1: that sounds very lovely indeed <laughs> yes we can all get along with that
6: can't we
5: i believe we can so it's yes. an agreement then we all agree well, I certainly
4: do. And do you speak for the group?
6: Mercus is uh, scratching his tummy, thinking and saying,
4: yes? Remy's like, yes.
0: Am I
6: allowed to?
0: Remy immediately uh, says uh, yes. Technically, Mercus, you are the first in command since you are the Banshee. <laughs> uh, the, in the In the absence of a factor and a witness, the Banshee uh, is the uh, official representative of the group.
6: Well, if it's an agreement with the, the company. It is not. <laughs> oh. They're like my parents. <laughs>
5: I understand. I understand that in many species, the young live quite a long time and form quite important relationships with the older members of the species that raise them and acclimate them to their <laughs> culture and climate. However, I also understand that there comes a time in many species, uh, marked by several rituals, um, different organizations of, uh, language or actions, where the young must then leave the care of the older species. I am correct in this, yes?
6: Oh. I guess now is the time.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would agree. Now is the time. This agreement will be between us here, and you will not involve your superiors. The refactors, the archivists of the company. Is that understood?
6: Oh, yes.
0: Let's remember what's on the line. As he says this, he goes from his reclining position with his arms draped around the sphere of the chair to a leaning forward position with his... Uh, elbows on his knees that are bent and it's like in both positions it he looks like a figure study drawing it's just like the a weird perfect (laughs) representation of a standard man shape and the movement that he makes going from one position to the next is crisp and purposeful and graceful and then he lands in a new position and stays there
6: um unfurls a couple of the The ear ganglia and looks at the group and is like, Yes? (laughs) Is it yes? Yes,
1: I will follow you into the dark.
2: Yeah.
6: And I guess confidently, Mercus's ear flaps like flag out and say, Yes, you can count on us.
5: Wonderful. Now that you've offered a solution, I present to you the problem. I have been attempting to arrange some trade with
0: Kakudum. You know it. The province home to the Fex. Uh, you might know, yeah, this is a this is like a provincial planet. Uh, the Fex are a, uh, like what we would call a raccoon-like sapient.
5: But your employer is unwilling to engage in this arbitrage. And I simply have no idea why. It does seem that there is an archivist on one of your subcommittees by the name of Zestino Navelle. My little spies tell me that she is causing difficulty, and I am becoming impatient. If this matter isn't cleared, well, I would be forced to terminate my contract with the company. However, my knowledge of Zestia Novelle has come to me by somewhat illicit means, and so I'm afraid I would have to come up with another, well, excuse to void our contract. And the only thing that immediately leaps to mind is that recently a platoon of company agents brought a Void Elf onto my colony mm. uh, you understand the issue uh, yeah and remember <laughs> during the 30 years of silence without any stiff works at all our outpost here did quite well <sighs> so what I'm asking is for information about Miss Novelle Sestino to see what she's up to why she is blocking my agreement come back in town.
0: And that is all. Just to give some context as to what this might c- trigger in the minds of fleeters. This might be pretty terrifying to be asked to like sneak around in company business, mm. especially the archive, which is very secretive. But, mm. you know, um it seems like y- 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 yeah, you could try to fight this guy. It might not go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: I'm aware that what I'm asking is extraordinary. Certainly not what you're used to and could perhaps lead to severe consequences for yourselves, but nevertheless, what do you think?
2: Beta is hearing this, and she personally doesn't really have any. She's like a little bit scared of the company, but she doesn't have any allegiance toward that towards them. There, she just like kind of is part of the company because it's the easiest way to experience things. So this kind of her you know, ears, she doesn't have ears, but her ears perk up a little bit on the idea of that maybe she'll get to, you know, interact with a uh, sapient that's that they normally don't interact with or just and t- talk with an archivist that she doesn't normally get to talk with. She's she's down.
0: Like just on the order of fact finding alone, like Betas, like, hell yeah, sure. Why not? Who cares if it's dangerous? I'm going to learn something. Right. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Vino says, well, it seems
1: as though we'll be in trouble with the company either way. If we lose their whole contract
4: with your group, then we'll be in hot water as it is. That's true. Yeah, Remy's Remy's going to go along with whatever, because, again, he's like he has two grit and he's he <laughs> like that that crossing really fucked him up. And he's he's like uh,
0: his brain is like on fire. Everybody, if anybody looks over, he's just kind of like swaying he's, back and forth a little bit. He's like,
4: he's got his head like in his hands. He's just like, get me out of here. So he's like, he nods.
5: I am sensing that we have reached consensus. This is this true? Yes. Wonderful. Regardless of the nature of the circumstances that have brought us together, I believe that what we have found today—an agreement and something to look forward to. Perhaps it's worthwhile.
0: He returns to his posture earlier, where he was draped over the back of the chair. And you can't know this for sure, but you feel like he is atom by atom in exactly the same position.
3: Hmm.
5: <laughs> now there is a second matter to discuss. Your things. I will be keeping the Anveda's sword. She was a friend, and I would like something to remember her by. You may keep her pistol.
0: As he is saying this, um, the objects that are in a pile um, in that sort of like weird basket, um, uh, you know, a couple meters in front of him, uh, just kind of start to float out of the basket and move around. Um, So the sword floats up and moves to the right and the pistol floats up and moves to the left.
5: You may have her pistol, but listen to me very carefully. Give it to your directorate. They will enjoy it. You'll be rewarded. And besides, you cannot use it anyway the visor and the blood cloak you may keep at your own peril you should not want them but i imagine that you do going by what i know of your kind now there's a bit of a question around this one and the escheresque blade rises and begins to sort of float uh, motionless in the air this blade is a curious object are you are you interested in in, in keeping it are you, are you scared of it um,
1: well, I have a... Venus kind of uh, tugs at his uh, quarter-moon spectacles a bit um, uh, and looks down. I have a bit of an interest, but I'm obviously not married to the thing.
5: <laughs> I would like it. Oh, wonderful. Prove your ability to use it, and I will consider letting you have it.
1: It starts to float towards you. Venus uh, takes, <laughs> takes it, and he takes a deep breath. And then he begins to unfold the blade. I will roll a D20 now. I got 17, so I only have seven grit left. Um, so I definitely do not have enough grit to actually pass that test. Should I roll reason or does it not even matter because I can't pass the the D20? Um, wait, so how much grit do you have? I have seven okay. grit left after after the events of going into the eshrasch got it
0: eshrash. and how much and how much health do you have i have 11 health okay so you can't get enough no does I have, have thinky boost
2: oh there we go i have gunch but gunch is kind of scary gunch i have gunch you got the gunch <laughs> i got some
0: launch uh in some places gunch is also known as wanch oh yes gunch
2: or wanch yes i have it in my notes Yeah, Mercus has Thinky Boost, which recovers
6: D4 grit per dose. Mm.
0: And you can take up to Will doses.
6: Well, we got two, so.
0: While while Venus is
1: kind of reaching for the tool, he asks, Will you need me to go into the space that isn't space, or is making the hole good
5: enough? For now, the hole okay because that if i if I, had to, if I had to do this whole test again to leave it it wouldn't be worth even trying. <laughs> would yeah. Die.
3: yeah uh
1: yeah going in would probably kill me and then trying to come out i would also die
4: i think while this is happening uh remy looks at the inox and says mind if i sit down you're already sitting do you see that you are? Whoa. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Whoa. I think maybe just
0: Remy sat down and yeah, did the totally. it. and it is
4: totally. literally <laughs> true yes. that he was already said. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still his mind is his mind
0: is <laughs> the saffron, the saffron and his, his mind is still so blown. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would need just so I don't know what calculations you guys are doing. I, I would need 10 grit. So if you don't have the ability to give me 10 grit then that's
0: fine.
2: I mean, I think we um, What are how much is two thinky you boost the max that you can get out of that? eight, eight? Yeah. and then i can give you some
5: health i can give you yeah because yeah, i can you take... can burn health to make grit right
1: yeah if, if someone could give me eight grit then i could burn six health to get to to get the uh then uh, leftover two so if someone could give me eight grit that'd be fine
6: so two thinky boosts are two d4 dice rolls oh i see so it's not guaranteed it's
0: pretty that's pretty good though Still okay good. yeah i'll try it
2: and I can give you some gaunch, um,
1: <laughs> some wanch. <laughs> yeah. So Venus is relieved to hear that he won't need to be entering the Escheresque on this test, and he turns to his team and say, "I may need a bit of help."
6: Mercus is rummaging through the orange swim trunks in the pockets. They're they're pretty deep for being so short, and uh, pulls out two thinky boosts. Uh, will this help you?
1: Oh, that's perfect.
6: Um, and Uh, thinky boosts are manufactured by the archive. Uh, they're very popular and highly addictive pep pills. Um, you can use D will doses per day safely. You roll each day. If you have more than that, uh, you go insane for 10, (laughs) uh, D will days. Ah.
0: (laughs) The way that I like to play with this is that you can just take will doses. You don't have to roll for it. You just get, you get max will.
6: Yeah. And Uh, so you would need to roll two D four to see how much grit you recover.
0: So I got
1: five grit out of the deal. Um, I need a total of
0: 10. So you're halfway there.
1: Yeah. So I could use 10 of my 11 health to get there.
0: Okay.
2: Because then I can get, I can give you some health with some gaunch. Some gaunch.
3: (laughs) Yeah. All
1: right. So I will use, uh, the other, the other 10 of my health and I go down to one until I am healed with some gaunch. Um, (laughs) by Miss Calm Bot. All right, great. So I passed that test, and now I have to do a reason test. And that's so you have spent the
0: appropriate grit. Yeah, you spent it. Your, seven, your 17 grit. Yeah, and now yes, you have to pass uh, a difficult grit. reason roll, which is get a nine or higher. Ah! Yeah, this may have
1: all been for nothing. Let's see. It was. <laughs> I got a one. <laughs> Oh
3: my God. No.
0: Incredible. Are you kidding me? Yes. Too oh good. my God. So I am. Um...
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Venus, you unfold the uh, Escheresque blade. Um, yeah. and you managed to get it to focus into three space one time and you uh, rear back and you know um, you do the thing that you have read about uh, that you saw the Illith Nari do um, and uh, you push forward and try to cut open time and space and you are successful um, you cut open time and space there's a horrible nice. ripping sound there's a loud uh, sort of like crack and sizzle everybody can smell burning ozone and you lose your balance uh-huh. and you <laughs> fall into the Escher S <gasps> no! and the hole closes back up
3: no <laughs> Venus, Venus
4: Remy uh, looks up and he's convinced he's hallucinating uh, he's
0: like oh <laughs> shit that was cool uh,
6: Venus what?
0: Venus is gone Venus is gone
6: just happened. Marcus is rubbing his tummy like, oh no, oh no.
5: I understand that it's quite difficult, but I had hoped for a bit of a better show. This is a disappointment. However, like I said, it's completely understandable. Wait one moment, please. He just, his arm just sort of moves up uh, and he just pulls Venus out of the air. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? 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 how long were you inside don't speak of time fair enough my friend uh and then veno's like just floats back and is set back right where he was when he was playing with the sword and the anarch says well as much fun as we've had with this challenge i believe i'll be <laughs> keeping the sresk plate for now is that understood mm-hmm yes ah wonderful now for my trouble specifically the destruction of my settlement on Jem Jom, i will keep let's see what shall i take as a sort of i don't want to say tribute let's just say personal payment he's pointing at venos and he says you've been through enough already sort of looks at your bag a little bit what's in your bag Oh,
1: well, uh, um, let me see. Uh, uh, Venus pulls out a, uh, a, a kind of a, a twisted press, uh, pretzel of incredibly dense uh, mystery, mystery material. He says, oh, well, you don't want that. Um, and then he puts that to the side and uh, then takes out the vas- vascular multi-object. Am I, saying, am I saying that correct? Yeah,
0: he got it. Vascular multi-object.
1: And he uh, shows it in its weird, strange not quite undulating form.
5: Oh, well, isn't that a lovely little thing?
1: Yes, it's very important to our mission.
5: Oh, the director would be unhappy if you didn't return with it.
1: (laughs) I just said the right thing, didn't
5: I? Well, though I've only seen you lose, you do appear to know when you've won. You may keep it. He points at Marcus, you. I'll take your spoils as my own. Now, of course, I will not have you return empty-handed, as that would cause suspicion amongst the directorate, and you'd have to explain yourself. So, you may keep seven objects.
0: And the pen. Things start floating out of your bag. Things just like sort <laughs> of like leave your bag uh, from the pile um, that it's in in front of him. Um, Jen, could you roll a 3d20? Okay. We're just going to determine whether or not he steals anything of, of um, high value.
6: Okay. Ooh.
0: Wow, you did very well. Okay, great the this role result is meaningful probably next game but uh you the the headline is that he mo- he mostly took just like artful trinkets and knickknacks and stuff
6: and murges is just letting this happen it's just like naked no shoes just feels really lost right now <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> just making that that weird like sound that he makes when he's thinking <laughs>
0: Like little statues and paperweights and decorative knives and strange other, you know, space objects are just kind of like flying out of your bag and uh, are being collected into another little bucket to the left of the room.
5: Wonderful. Now, of course, I remind you that much of this you can have back upon the successful completion of your favor to me. And of course, (laughs) your lives are yours to live and your job is very simple. Find out why my arbitrage is being blocked and don't let anyone find out that you're even asking questions. Is that understood? Venus turns to Marcus to see if she confirms.
6: Uh, Yes, he confirms.
1: (laughs) He confirms. Great, I'm doing great with gender tonight, guys.
5: (laughs) (laughs) wonderful well i hope that as stressful as this may have been for some of you and i'm looking at (laughs) the guys they're essentially lying in a pile over to the left i hope that it wasn't completely all work and no play i'm quite looking forward to seeing you again goodbye and he turns into sort of a two-dimensional representation of himself that appears to have infinite depth
0: and then it just sort of turns and he's gone It's like someone turning off a CRT TV. Oh my God.
5: Yes. (laughs) Oh, wow. Nice. That's exactly what I had in my head.
0: When the Saffron Anox disappears, some of the soldiers uh, pick up the things that the Anox piled up for himself. And um, they kind of just start to arrange it and go through it and look at it and sort of see what... uh, what everything is worth um, but the deva goes to the pile of uh, things that are yours and stands behind them you know gestures at your backpacks and you know the couple other things that are there and then gestures to you uh, again arms open um, as if to say like all right come and get your stuff
6: mergers is still sniffling and just like pulling on the
2: two boots <laughs> and it's just like i lost one Beta grabs her stuff and uh, gives NTS another little kiss on the head, because that's kind of what she does now.
5: <laughs> when Combat grabs near to the something is advisable, uh, she sees that there's a note on it, <gasps> and it just says, careful.
3: Oh. <laughs>
0: careful i love the thought of the saffron and ox using post-its yeah ex- i mean yeah you're nailing it <laughs> <laughs> it's like in a hundred million years we didn't get any better it's they're just still like po- very <laughs> useful they're <Yeah>. so useful <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys get all your stuff um the deva then gestures to the door that you walked through um, and walks towards it and opens it up and instead of the escheresque. Uh, You see the outside. It's like a warm summer night on Rigamont A. Um, And they gesture out and uh, they say, I will take you to the local Stiffworks.
6: Ah, thank you.
0: Do you guys head outside? Yeah, Remy
4: stumbles through the door. Yeah. He's like, he's determined to get out of whatever this is as fast as possible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, you all leave um, and uh, the Deva closes the door behind you and you can see that you're kind of, this is the most elaborate thing that you've seen other than the Anvator's estate um, since you've been on either of these planets. Uh, rigamont a i think you would probably just know this by reputation is a little bit more densely populated the technology strata is a little bit higher than rigamont b so it's like a little bit more of a cosmopolitan city but our cosmopolitan planet but like not that much but you are currently in the most elaborate and ornate part of the planet by far which is uh, the saffron anox's court which is like kind of a a city within a city. It's this cluster of very angular uh, blue-gray buildings, mostly quadrilateral prisms. They have, you know, various sizes, all in this sort of like tight cluster. When you get outside and you turn around and you look at the building that you were just in, which is basically like a big, smooth gray cube, up above it, you can see these huge multi-story arcing semicircles, um, very similar to what you saw inside the room um, made of some kind of stone or rough metal and they're glowing a a very dull orange and it's when it's now that you sort of realize that some of the heat is yes it's warm out but uh, some of it is also from these whatever these things are are glowing this this dull orange and, and giving off um, giving off a heat, even though they're huge and far away. They spin very silently, and looking at them in the night sky beyond them, you can see just on the other side of the what you would think would be like the atmosphere of Rigamont A, you can see light puffs of asteroids as they disintegrate against uh, the planet's gravity shields. Mm-hmm. And if you turn around and like look away from the building you just exited, uh, and... Like down this hill and across the vista and then up again to the horizon and the sky. One, you probably would all feel a little grateful at understanding where the horizon (laughs) is. Uh, This is the first natural horizon that you've seen Mm -hmm. uh, since getting out of the Escheresque and going into a small room. But then you would also see Rigamont B just occupying a huge chunk of the distant sky. You can just see you can see the planet that you were just on and you can see the two planets shared moons locked at the Lagrangian point between between you and it. You can just see this moon sort of hovering between the two planets. If you look at the Deva, they're sort of following your eyes watching you look up at these giant heat sinks, whatever they do, at the asteroids exploding against the gravity shields, at the stationary moon and at Rigamont B, and they say, it is incredible what the Anox is capable of. But, of course, it does take its toll. Reverence. And then they kind of pause for a minute, fold their hands in front of them, and then walk down the small hill. And as they walk down the small hill, they turn and they say, I will take you to where you need to go to return home. Honesty. Uh, Do you follow? Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: It's a little bit of a walk. You can talk to the, you can talk to the Deva if you want. Um, Otherwise they'll just take you to a a little, you know, a little building with a stiff works in it. Um, Venus
1: uh, talks to them and says, it is quite incredible what the Enox
0: is capable of. I'm sure you get this question often, but what is the Enox? The Anax is a multidimensional being of great power. Truth.
3: Mm. Yes.
0: The Anax is also a trade lord that sees over the operations of Rigamont A and Rigamont B and looks after the well-being of its people. Respect. Respect. The Deva kind of gestures again in that wide, like, sort of um, broad, welcoming gesture, kind of gestures at the sky and gestures at... The court and at Rigamont B um, on the other side of the moon, and says, The saffron anox holds it all together. Ah.
1: I see. Thank you for your counsel for taking us back.
0: My pleasure.
6: Uh, what's Oat been thinking this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
5: what are you going to do? Pants shitting terror. <laughs> 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 you agreed to go back and spy on the co?
2: Oh, we're kind of, we're not supposed to be talking about it really. It was <laughs> supposed to be like on the down low. You yeah, know yeah, that? yeah, yeah.
5: I can tell that this group is really good at keeping things on the down low. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you keep walking down this hill and the buildings get smaller and more sparse. And the Deva walks towards a small black building that's wrapped in really thick vines. And um, you can see it's like nearly hidden in the sinking sunlight. It's very, very dark and set off the, to the side of... the path that you're walking on and um they just push on this jet black door uh, that's hard to see and um when it opens you can see inside there's just a single stiff work that's in there and the deva walks up to it and places their hand on it and thinks for a moment and then you get a very familiar feeling of the room is suddenly larger and the deva says you may return to spin gratitude
4: and the gratitude
0: to you remy doesn't answer and just runs toward the stiff work and jumps headfirst through it. You you land headfirst back in the f- <laughs> familiar algae-scented atmosphere of spin um, in uh, in the near bays. There is no one around you. He sighs <laughs> deeply and relaxes
4: for the first time in like four hours.
6: Uh, Mercus is clutching the, the the straps of the backpack like, thank you. And, like, very grateful, but then, like, clutches a little bit harder. He goes, I wanted to drive.
2: (laughs) Hey. Oh, you
5: coming back to spin? Oh, boy, am I? Are you kidding me? Yes. You ever been there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lots. And uh, considering that I do not have any money or possessions aside from the clothes on my back... Yeah, I'm probably gonna need to find somewhere to live. You some would like way to, to be my roommate? I would like to have that option available to consider at my leisure. I have Let's get me back to I spin have right now. So
2: many questions for you, so I think this
5: is gonna be great. Let's go. Let's go, and then we'll set a date to do the questions
3: <laughs> later. <laughs>
0: You are now leaving Float City. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, get access to bonus one-off episodes, our bi-weekly post-episode chat show Fun Chatty, and our Discord, head on over to patreon.com forward slash funcityventures. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. We'd also love it if you told your pals about the show, shared it on social media, drew us some fan art, gave us a rating on iTunes, or just came by to say hey on Twitter.
4: Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and I play Remy Tester on Float City. You can find me online on Twitter at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitch at the same name, and on Instagram at Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes.
6: I'm Jen De La Vega. I play and Meldar. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randwiches. That's the word sandwiches,
2: but replace the S with an R. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Beta Combat. You can find me on social at Showdell.
1: Hello, this is Nick Gersio and I play Lux on Fun City and Vinos on Float City. You could find me at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter and In on Instagram. You spell Gersio G
5: U E R C I O. I'm Taylor Moore and I play all the cool interesting characters. You can follow me at taylor.biz. <laughs>
0: My name is Mike Rugnetta, I am your GM, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rugnetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at FunCityVentures. Float City is played in a soon-to-be-released system called Still Fleet, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Stillfleet. This episode of Float City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rugnetta. Says Pixel Riffs, happiness is not for us poor, crawling reptiles of the earth. Fun City's music is by Sam Tindall, who has also just released a treasure trove of old work from his project Arpline that I highly recommend. Find it on streaming services and at the link in the show notes. Remy's flute playing is by Jake Fridkiss. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit Pulliam, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton.